Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This episode is going to be um, seven breakthrough lessons that I had in my awakening. And this was actually a topic that was recommended by one of you. So thank you because I never would have actually thought of it. Um, So let's just jump into it, shall we? So obviously an awakening brings through a lot of different shifts in perspective and um, that's kind of the whole point. You're meant to go through this deep self-actualization process, connect with your soul and become the most authentic version of yourself. And in becoming the most authentic version of yourself, um, this brings in the first breakthrough lesson that I had in my awakening well it's not I'm not doing these in any particular order but the first one I'm going to share with you all which is your judgments of others are judgments of yourself so whenever we evolve into higher dimensional thinking so we operate actually this would be after you ascend to the sixth and seventh dimensions of consciousness you might not necessarily experience this in the fifth but you actually Um, start to recognize and understand that we are all one. We are all having a collective experience on this planet. And this is something where, like I was at the gym earlier today and I was just doing some weights and I'm like looking around and it was so nice and like quiet in the gym today. I wish every day was a holiday so the gym could be so empty. But um, I was looking around and I was like, wow, I was like, I wonder if any of the people in here like know their soul origins or like have meditated and met their higher self or like I was just having that thought and I had to quickly snap out of it because I try not to get too philosophical when I'm working on my human. Um, But this really brings me back to this whole point that we are all one. We are all souls having this human experience at varying levels. You know, some people are on their first life, some people are on their last and some people are in between that. And some people are so connected with their soul and some people can't even entertain the possible truth there, you know? So um, when it comes to judging others, something that you'll recognize in, in that process is that we are all one. There is no difference between us on a, on a macrocosmic scale because We all signed up to come to this planet with the same intention and that was to grow our souls. And just because we're doing it at different paces and in different ways doesn't mean that, you know, we're we're separate, that we're different. Of course, some of us come from different soul origins and, you know, but if you go really like if you go all the way back to it, we all at some point came from source just pure the origin point. And this is, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm trying not to get too philosophical because there is no beginning and there is no end because it is infinite. But at, at the basis of it, everyone who operates with this desire and intention to give and receive love, unconditional love, 
is part of that oneness, you know? And so whenever you're judging someone and like, let's, you know, affirm that, you know, judgment of someone is not the same as calling out someone's toxic behavior. Um, The two are obviously very different, but I mean, like when you judge someone, like if you're at the grocery store and you're like, "Mm, why is that person wearing that? You know, like, and I mean, we've all done it. So don't feel shame if you're listening to this, we all do it. And it's actually a symptom of having an overactive throat chakra. Whenever your throat chakra is overactive, you're going to overuse it. (laughs) So that can come out in, in judgments of other people. But really, these judgments of others are actually projections of your own insecurity. So for example, if you see someone at the grocery store wearing their pajamas, they decided they wanted to, you know, be comfortable when they left the house. And you say, oh my God, how are they wearing pajamas in public? What that's actually saying is that you, based on society's perception of wearing pajamas in public, would feel disempowered because of the external judgments you would face if you wore your own pajamas in public. And that's the truth of it. You would be more concerned with how people would view you rather than feeling comfortable and feeling good in what you're wearing, no matter where you are. And so when you see someone who doesn't give a fuck what other people are going to think about them wearing pajamas at the grocery store, your ego gets triggered because they feel like they can't do that. Somewhere inside of you, you've put that rule or limitation on yourself and it gets projected as a judgment. So this is something that whenever you get to untying your Rudra knot, in your kundalini awakening which is a knot between your heart and your third eye and it grants you access to releasing duality um, in all ways you're going to realize that that judgment first and foremost and then you're actually going to see it as a completely different perspective you're going to say wow that person must feel so comfortable wearing their pajamas why didn't i wear pajamas to go out today um you might look at someone's outfit and say, wow, when they left the house, they felt so confident in that. That is something that I have been able to successfully reprogram the default pathway in my brain, where when I see someone wearing something that I would never even, you know, even consider once, (laughs) let alone twice, um, I, I look at that person and I, my default reaction now is, wow, they must feel really, really good in that. That's why they chose to wear it. Because think about it, when you get dressed for the day and you, you want to go out into the world, into, into the public, do you wear something that makes you feel uncomfortable, that makes you feel, dare I say, like the word ugly? Like you're not going to wear things that make you feel shitty, you know? People wear the things that they feel comfortable in. That's why sometimes people wear the same outfits multiple times, you know, a week, you know? It's just kind of... You, you wear what makes you feel comfort, comforted, either on an emotional or physical level or both. That's why a million times in a week, that's such an exaggeration from my Sagittarius son, <laughs> a million times a week. Anyways, um, you'll often see me in a gray crew neck. I love my gray crew neck. I arguably have an emotional attachment to my gray crew neck. And I actually think that's pretty fucking accurate. <laughs> and it's, a, it's fine. That's like 
I don't need to, to release that attachment. Not yet. Anyways, it's just a piece of clothing, but I love wearing my gray crew neck. Um, whether I'm working or oftentimes I put it on after work, it just feels to me like a warm, comfy blanket. It's severely oversized and it looks like a dress on me and I love it. Like it's so comfortable. And I used to sometimes be like, oh, like I need to change to record a story because people are going to see me in my gray crew neck that I wore in like the last two days of stories. And then I'm just like, I don't care (laughs) if people have a problem with me, like wearing a gray crew neck three days in a row, like, you know, again, it's a projection of their judgment toward themselves. So that's the first thing that I learned and, or the first lesson that I want to share with you all um, that gave me a really big breakthrough and really just shifted my perception when it came to this whole human experience that we're all collectively participating in. The second breakthrough lesson that I want to share with you all is that it's better to lose people who aren't meant for you if it brings you peace to your heart than to stay in any connection when you feel drained or hurt. And I'm going to give you guys a very, very, very personal example about this. I have had a very, words will be difficult to explain this because there are so many ways that I could go about this, but I had a very unhealthy relationship with my mother and I commonly refer to her as my birth mom because that helps me to like distinguish the difference between a mom and someone who gives you life because I think that it's hugely different especially with the experience that I had with her there was a lot of abuse that that took place and the entire family knows she's a mass manipulator some of them stayed involved with her but there came a point for me where it was um it was too much I was I was very unwell mentally because of it emotionally it was really really bad and for arguably six years prior to making the decision to go no contact with her I had had moments where I would take some space from her and not talk to her and then She would love bomb me and I would fall for it, but it was really bad and I eventually went no contact with her and it's been five years that I've done so. And in all honesty, I have never been more well mentally and obviously I went to therapy for all of this and it's taken a lot of work to heal from because, you know, there's this common belief that your mom loves you more than anyone in the world, but no one really explains to you what to do when your mom is the perpetrator in your life, the abuser in your life. And so that is something that I had to walk away from. And that's not an easy decision. So please um, (laughs) don't come at me with a, that's your mother, how could you? If you're having that perception right now, I want to remind you to go at it from a different angle of how poorly does a mother have to treat their child for their child not to want them in their life? Because I'll tell you right now, there is nothing more than a kid wanting their mom. And that takes a lot of fucking healing. And 
that peace has to completely outweigh not having a parent in your life. So just remember that it, there's a lot involved, but my point with this is that you're going to realize that no matter who it is in your life, if they don't bring you encouragement, unconditional love and peace, if they have all of these expectations of you that you need to fulfill while simultaneously not respecting your personal boundaries, your energetic boundaries, your right to be an autonomous thinking person, then recognize that you might feel more peace without them. And if that's something that you've considered, then, you know, take this as your sign. Of course, I'm not telling you what to do in your life, but if you've already been debating letting someone go and you're hearing this, let them go. Like your peace is worth more than anyone who is going to try and take it from you. So that's the second piece of um, wisdom or second breakthrough that I want to share with you all. The third breakthrough that has been huge for me, and this is something that I've actually really been learning um, since my dream life started a couple of years ago, is that getting your manifestations will not change how you feel about yourself. There is no house, apartment, car, material item, no amount of money, no amount of physical anything that is going to change how you feel and how you perceive yourself. If you believe for one reason or another that you are a horrible, lazy, unsuccessful person, it doesn't matter how much success, productivity, and intelligence that you have, you're still going to feel that way. So if you're thinking that, you know, when I get my manifestation, I will feel X, Y, Z, I am really sad to inform you that it's not going to change shit because there is nothing external of you that can change how you feel internally. Like, none at all. And this is something that the sooner you learn it, the better, because then you will stop seeking for peace, happiness, validation outside of yourself. And you'll recognize that you always have to be the one to provide yourself with those things. And um, like, I can't stress that enough. Trust me. And like, this is not just coming from my level of success. I have heard this from countless people it doesn't change how you feel about yourself it doesn't matter how many compliments you get it doesn't matter how many commas are in your bank account if you don't feel good about yourself those things aren't going to make you feel good about yourself and so really make sure that you do the inner work and oftentimes too you have to do the inner work beforehand to get those really big manifestations because spirit is going to show you like it's you have to vibrate at the level of the person who is going to live in that manifested life, right? So if the the version of you that has all your manifestations is confident, at peace, and happy, then you need to up your frequency and you need to get into that state of being because your, your manifestations aren't going to come down to you. You rise up to your manifestations. So just keep that in mind. Let's get into the fourth breakthrough lesson that I had in my awakening and that you likely will as well. Well, this one, I'm not sure. This one might be a little bit more um, subjective to me in my human experience, but I'm sure there's at least one other human of the 8 billion that might experience this. But your human needs are just as important as your soul's needs. 
And what I mean by this is I don't mean ego needs necessarily because a wounded ego is just going to separate you further from your true self, your soul. But what I mean by this is like human connection. And this is something that I really, really realized um, Easter weekend. And I went home to visit my family. And I, ever since I moved out, I've never really been big on visiting my family. I'm just very off in my own, (laughs) my own world, off in my head, doing all these spiritual things. But as I've gotten older, I've really begun to appreciate the time that I have with my family. But on Easter weekend, I really learned that it's actually something that really helps my human self because being so different, I feel very um, like outcasted a lot, not in a negative way. I just know like I don't belong permanently on this planet a lot of people, the majority of people will not ever understand my mind. Um, Even if I share wisdom with you all, like there is just, there's so much more that goes on inside. And sometimes my, my human will feel like she doesn't have a place in the human world because me as a human is just very different compared to other humans. And I've realized that human connection with people who are not in that same world as I am is so, so, so important. So my family is not spiritual, not very spiritual. I think some of them have their interests, um, but they're not on a journey like I am. And I honestly kind of love it. And I know that they're going to get there at their own time. And I've had really great um kind of common ground when it comes to these things with each of them and I think it's so beautiful but they're in a different you know phase of incarnation and I I love that I incarnated with them and chose them as my family because oh I'm gonna get emotional (laughs) um just because they really remind me that it's okay to just be human for a few hours like I only ever go down for the day typically And it's so, so, so lovely because I went down for Easter dinner and I spent the whole day with my family. And first of all, my family is fucking hilarious. So it was amazing. Um, I had a lot of good belly laughs. There's beautiful children in the family. You may have seen me share a story, um, you know, with with my sisters and my niece. Um, But I, you know, for the whole you know, 12 hour day that I had, I wasn't thinking about, oh, you know, what's going on in the eighth dimension or, you know, what do I need to be learning to teach the collective? It was very much something that was just for me and my family. Of course, I was visiting with them, but it was just, if I, if I look at it from my point of view, it was, I was just doing it for me. I wasn't doing it for anyone else. And I think especially as someone who is a guide in the collective, there is like this um, 51-49 rule. The, the 49-51 rule or the 51-49 rule is basically that you are of service 51% to others and of service 49% to yourself. And I think um, that's still a balance that I'm really trying to figure out. I think right now I'm very much on like a 75-25 and I really need to do more things for my human self. Um, 
I love weightlifting and going to the gym. I think that that is the most cool human thing ever. Like I love it. It makes me feel so good. Um, but spending time with my family has like really allowed me to also just do something else that is really good for me. And in turn, that ends up really benefiting my soul because then my human feels taken care of and she kind of like lets my soul, you know, drive the car, so to speak, um, after that. And it's just a really beautiful thing that I've been realizing. Um, so maybe you'll realize that too in your awakening that yes, as much as you can do all of the rituals and all of the meditation and all of the journaling and the spiritual things, you also have to do the things for your human, like enjoying the food that you eat and nourishing your body and spending time with people who genuinely love and accept you and going to the gym or Pilates or yoga or whatever it is that you do for movement and making sure that you care for both your ego and your inner child, making sure that you do the fun things like rollerblading and painting and singing in the shower that are fun for your human. Yes, it might not do, you know, I'm not even going to say that because it does do a lot for your soul too when you care for your human. So I think it really goes hand in hand. And then that brings me to uh, the, the more soulful lesson, the fifth one that I want to share with you all, which is that trusting your higher self starts with trusting you. And this is where you have to recognize that you need to stop listening or waiting for other people to validate what you already know intuitively. So what I mean by this is that you're going to feel things in your awakening that are inexplicable. There's a card in the Starseed Oracle that says baby steps. Trust your intuition before it makes sense. And you can go to 50 different people and get their opinion and they're all going to tell you different things. And if you constantly wait for other people to give you the go-ahead to trust a feeling that is not going to have physical proof until you trust it, you're going to constantly be searching outside of yourself. And I think a lot of these different you know, breakthroughs that I've had in my awakening and that a lot of people have in their awakening is you can't look outside of yourself for anything. Literally anything. Everything that you receive outside of yourself, and that could be a lesson in and of itself, but anything that you receive externally is going to be given to you in your awakening after you've already given it to yourself within. So, if you are not trusting your higher self and you're going and getting second opinions or you're wanting other people to validate you and it's something that you already know but you want someone to tell you and give you permission to trust it, you're never going to trust yourself. It doesn't matter how many card readings you get. It doesn't matter how many psychics you see. It doesn't matter how many signs you ask for. You have to trust yourself and your higher self. I said this in a reel um, last week on Instagram or when you're listening to this, like a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I said, your trust in your higher self starts with you because you are your higher self. Your higher self is a higher version of your own consciousness. So if you don't trust yourself, you're not going to trust a higher version of yourself. So that's, that's a big one to take in. So um, the best way to figure out why, the best way to figure out how to trust yourself is to figure out why you don't trust yourself. So that's a big one. I think that will change a lot of a lot of your relationships with yourself and a lot of your journeys um, in this awakening process. So and then this brings me actually I was going to save this for the last one, but 
um, it makes more sense to, to share it now, which is if the doubts you were having were real, if they, if they were your intuition, you wouldn't be in conflict. This is something that I heard very, very recently. And it just like my jaw dropped when I heard it. And I was like, wow, that's genius. If your doubts were real, you wouldn't be in conflict. So basically, this is to say that the ego is never going to understand the higher self. And it's not because they're stupid. It's because they're human. The ego is innately human. The ego is, you know, ruled by logic. The ego is actually inherently masculine. It's very logical. It's very external in terms of like believing things. It's very factual. And so whenever the intuition, which is inherently feminine, says this is factual, but the physical world may not represent this to you, the ego is going to battle it. But the thing is, is that if your ego was right, you would feel it in your intuition. Does that make sense? Your ego is not a compass of truth. It's a compass of perception. I'm going to quote that. That sounds lovely. (laughs) Um, But your ego is a compass of perception, not of truth. And so your higher self won't lie to you because it's you. It's your intuition. So your intuition is always going to tell you if you're wrong about something. And now this is where you also have to be super aware of, is this my intuition speaking or is this my higher, um, or is this my ego speaking? And if you're wanting to learn more about that, um, I do have my intuition training course open for, um, new clients. Click the links below and you can join us. Uh, I'm going to teach you all about how to, you know, differentiate the difference between those voices. But, you really need to understand what the two sound like so that you can trust it. But if you're feeling something intuitively, but you're in conflict because another part of you is saying something else, it's because your ego is doubting your intuition. And then that goes back into having to trust your intuition and trusting your higher self. So I'll say it again. If your doubts were real, you wouldn't be in conflict. You wouldn't have that opposing feeling that tells you that something else is true. So And then that leads me to my seventh and final lesson and breakthrough that I learned in the awakening. And it's that divine assistance will come in the most unexpected ways. If you can hear Mystic, he just knows that I'm about to talk about him. So don't mind him scratching on my chair. But whenever you ask for help from your spirit team, your higher self, from the divine, from source, from God, whomever it is that you speak to, you're going to receive it in the most unexpected way. For example, a while ago, I was really, really struggling with um, sleeping in. I've really been working on healing my hormones for the last like eight months. And I had like really bad adrenal fatigue and then, and just like other body related um effects that have made me kind of a bit more tired and I am someone I've said this before I love waking up super early like my ideal wake up time is 5 a.m and I know that sounds crazy to people but I love being up first of all before 6 a.m because the energy it feels different in a good way and I just love having so much of my day ahead of me and being able to tackle pretty much a full day by 10 a.m. because you really do tackle a full day before 10 a.m. I'm telling you. And then you have the rest of the day to just flow. And it feels so good. And for me, it just really helps me balance my feminine, my masculine energies. 
but for a while I was really struggling like waking up at like maybe eight o'clock 8 30 I was really really struggling and I really wanted to start waking up earlier and I kept you know talking to my higher self I was like I really I want to get up earlier like come on like I know I'm tired but like I sleep a lot at night like I sleep well I just want to wake up earlier I need more time in my day and there was really like no response from my higher self she was just kind of like okay got it like is what it is um and then interestingly enough soon after that mystic listen mystic is a personality mystic is my cat if you don't already know mystic is a fucking personality he's a Sagittarius like his mama so when he wants something he wants it and he wants it now (laughs) and he's very much a on his term kind of cat and I love everything about that with him but usually he would wake me up around like you know seven eight o'clock for breakfast and he started waking me up at like 5 30 6 o'clock like now I have to feed him by 6 15 like it's just like if I'm not feeding him by 6 15 he's swatting my head with his his claws like he's like let's go woman or he'll start like playing with the blinds and like trying to climb the blinds because I don't want him to ruin them so he just knows I'll get up out of bed and feed him and for a couple of weeks and he was doing this I was like oh my god you have got to be kidding me I'm fucking tired bro like let me fucking sleep till at least seven but then I remembered oh I asked my higher self to help me wake up (laughs) earlier because I want to be up earlier and so I realized that the way that she was helping me because it's not like my higher self and the higher dimensions can like just say to me like wake up mads like get up I'm just gonna tell her to shut up and I'm gonna go back to bed I've actually done that before where I've been like up in the dream space. She's like, wake up. You want to wake up? And not because anything bad is going on either. It's just because it's that time of, of morning for me. And I'm like, fuck off. I'm like, shut up. I'm going back into REM sleep. Um, so it's just funny. Now she has sent Mystic to wake me up and to take charge of that. Because man, the, the cat will not stop until he is fed. And I don't blame him. Like being hungry in the morning. It's just like, you don't want to wait too long. I honestly get it. So now I'm waking up when I want to, which is very early in the morning and my cat is being fed and he's letting me then be in peace the rest of the day because he's been fed. He's not attacking me. Um, And it, it really allowed me to also have a perspective shift because I was getting annoyed with him. Like I was very frustrated and that's not an energy that I want to project to him at all. The cat has gone through enough in life. Like I rescued him a year and a half ago. Like he's been through enough. Um, I just want to project all the love onto him. And whenever I realized what was happening, I was like, oh, you beautiful little soul of a bean. Like, oh, just so cute and so great. But my point is, is that your help from your angels, your spirit guides, from your higher self, from the divine, it's always going to come in the weirdest, most unexpected way. Um, So like, look out for it. You know, if you're needing you know, a bit of a confidence boost and someone then tells you at the grocery store that you have a beautiful smile. Um, You know, that's the divine working toward you and like working through you to like through another person, I should say. So anyways, that's kind of where I'm going to leave that whole lesson. But just be mindful, be aware, be connected and intentional with what you're asking for and you're going to see it come up. (laughs) And it might be, 
unexpected. Like it might take you a couple of weeks like I did to like realize what Mystic was doing, but you're going to realize it and you're going to feel so grateful and so in awe of how the divine works. It really is truly beautiful. But overall, those are the seven breakthrough lessons that I learned in my awakening throughout the years. This is years in the making. Isn't that a song? I'm pretty sure that's a song. Go listen to it. Years in the making. I forget who sings it. I think the Arkells maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. My brain is going on tangents. But anyways, um, I hope that you have taken something from this. Even if you haven't personally learned these lessons yet, maybe hearing about them will allow you to be consciously aware in your human experience of these lessons and to be able to identify them and maybe reconstruct your neural pathways to default to them over time. So I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode, getting to hear about some of the lessons that I learned and the insights I received during my awakening process. And I'm really positive that you guys are going to have at least some of them as well in your own journey. And I'm also very excited for next week's episode. I'm introducing a new segment to the Cosmic Collective podcast, and that is Conscious Conversations. I'm going to be interviewing different guests periodically throughout the lifespan of this podcast. And next week, I'm very, very excited to introduce the very first guest on the Cosmic Collective podcast. He is an incredible soul who has an incredible healing journey of his own and is now taking his own experience and revolutionizing not only the coaching industry, but the entire healthcare system. And so if that is something that interests you, then definitely tune in next week because it is going to be an interview that you do not want to miss out on. All right, it's been so nice spending time with you, lovely, beautiful, divine souls. I hope that you have an absolutely divine week, and I will see you next week for Conscious Conversations.